0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Electric Leftovers. My name is Jason. This is episode two hundred and sixty-one. Welcome to a new year of the show. We've got uh, new music. We got going on. We got some new design stuff going on here and there. And um, well, we might even have a new uh, a, a new um, department. I guess you could call it coming up. Uh, I'm still working the kinks out of that one, just haven't had time to get it sorted. But it's happening. Uh, maybe, we'll see. Anyway, welcome to the show. Like I said, this is episode two sixty-one, the first episode of the sixth year of the show. Um, man, I don't know what else can I tell you about it. Nothing really. It's just been a, it's just been a time, ladies and gentlemen. And it's going to continue to be a time because we're going to keep on keeping on. Over at the website, since last we spoke, we've got some more Final Fantasy VIII from me. We've got uh, some new soundtracks, including Wario Land 2 and Uninvited. Uh, Our good buddy Tank has stopped back by. He's uh, posted a couple of things over in the forums. It's uh, been a little bit since... uh, Since anybody's been around Well, I shouldn't say anybody Tank's been around before It's just been a while since he's been back So welcome back, Tank Nice to see you, man Uh, I've also kind of started kicking around the idea Of doing some streaming once a week Over at twitch.tv Slash Jason's Groove Machine So if uh, you might want to catch a live stream Once in a while Head on over there And uh, do the subscribe or follow Or whatever you do with Twitch I don't know how it works A boy's curiosity triggers events that leads to the resurrection of life to this planet. In the distant past, a calamitous struggle between light and dark took place on this planet. The clash of the two opposing powers scoured the planet's surface entirely of life, and those two forces fell into a deep sleep in the world on the inside of the planet there exists just one small village of krista ark a mischievous teenage boy somehow causes a crisis in the village that makes him necessary to leave his trip to save his fellow villagers eventually becomes a journey across time to resurrect the planet on his epic journey ark must resurrect continents revive all forms of life and re-establish civilization what fate awake awaits arc at the end of his journey almost made it through without a screw up this is terra enigma an action rpg for the super nintendo developed by quintet published by nintendo released in 1996 and is kind of sort of in that act razor soul blazer illusion of gaia thing that quintet was doing um it's uh it's interesting it is an interesting game, um, like, you, like you heard there. We kind of start off without any world of which to speak, and then as we progress through the game, we reawaken more parts of the world. It's it's kind of got a... That's really similar to the Soul Blazer thing, kind of similar to the ActRaiser thing. The game plays a lot like... Um, You've got a top-down perspective view, kind of like Soul Blazer, but it's much less RPG-ish. Um, I, I hesitate to say it plays a lot like Illusion of Gaia, but it, it. here's the thing with these games. Each game in the series is kind of like every other game in the series in one aspect or another. Uh, if you looked at the Venn diagram, there's lots of overlap, but there's not a lot of overlapping. Does that make sense? Maybe I mean that the other way around. They share similarities, but they're not great similarities. Does that make more sense? Probably not. Anyway, it's uh, 32 episodes long. It's got an interesting story, and um, it's a really good-looking game. It's a really good playing game with a really good soundtrack. And here's some more of it. For a minute, I was concerned that we weren't going to have any reviews for this game. Um, And we really don't have any user reviews, which is unfortunate. All we've got is critic reviews. Uh, And they're really kind of all over the place. Um, Looking at the Wii U reviews, they're much better than the PC reviews. Uh, The Mac reviews are non-existent. Because, of course, and the iOS reviews are also pretty much just mirrors of the Wii reviews, so we'll read the PC ones, Uh, we'll open both of them and hope, well actually we can't, because PC Gamer who gave it a 40 out of 100, uh, apparently I can't open their uh, review anymore let's see if this one works though it is taking its time we might have to Nope. Can't reach the page. Very well, then. Let's see what we can find. Let's try... let's avoid Metacritic. I don't care for Metacritic. I don't want a... an amalgamation. I want a review. Uh, And no, I'm not paying you guys to look at your website. Thanks, GamesRadar. Man, we might not be able to review this. <laughs> that one doesn't exist. That one didn't work, and they want me to pay to look at the review. Um, let's try this. This looks good. We'll go with this one. Things haven't changed that much. Uh, this is a review from Adventure Gamers. AdventureGamers.com. A review of Tengami written by Merlina McGovern. This was published in May 2014. So, starting off with the good and the bad stealing a page from the official of playbook, but ingeniously putting it at the beginning of the review. Beautiful pop-up scenery with lovely use of color, sight, and sound. Simple but well-integrated puzzles round out relaxing explorations. The Bad is a paper-thin story, some annoying walking navigation, and it's very short. Alright, it will take you about six minutes to read this review, it says right at the beginning. Well, thanks. Spoil it. Let's see if we can beat that time. <clears throat> Probably can't. When you think of the tranquil maturity of Zen Gardens, children's pop-up books with their unfolding castles and paper dragons may not be the first image that springs to mind. However, Nyam-Yam's gorgeously meditative light adventure, Tengami, uses the simple appeal of pop-up imagery to reveal a beautiful series of landscapes that will have you ooing and ahing with each turn of the page. You'll breeze through a variety of simple, well-constructed puzzles following the wisps of a story, but if you're willing to immerse yourself in the serene calmness of the subtle sounds and imagery you'll be in for a fun time at the start of tengami a book sitting on a table beckons you behind the table are paper wall partitions covered in pale mauve and tea stained amber the simple pinging of japanese stringed instruments plays in the background a softly glowing ring appears indicating where you should swipe to open the book As you slide the cover open, a delicate landscape pops up to greet you. There's a tall, gnarled tree distressed in frothy pink blossoms. Beneath the tree sits a man in apparent contemplation. He is dressed in traditional robes, blue with red accents. The background is lush and green. Everything. The colors, the soft music, the birds tripping, and the sound of the wind blowing seems designed to put you in the most relaxed mood ever. Dream. Dream. A single word pulsates on the page and a brief instruction, excuse me, slide to open, tells you how to turn the page. Doing so unfolds red forests, trees made of paper cutouts that slightly sway in the wind. Red petals float lazily through the air fading. When you've swiped your way further into the book, the world has turned gray and the petals have fallen from the tree. Snowflakes fall in the place of the petals. Gone? The camera moves in, and you see that all but one of the few flowers that remain have now fallen. Where you go from here begins a journey of exploration with very little narrative, no dialogue at all, and only a few enigmatic haikus sprinkled throughout the experience. Only the glow indicating that a page can be turned beckons you forward. What you need to do next is sometimes intuitive, tap on a lone flower, and at times helped along with visual, visual cues, excuse me, like glowing rings. At other times, you may find yourself at a loss as to where to go or what to do. I found, however, that if I just contemplated for a bit, made it all the easier by the calming music, listened to the sounds surrounding me, wolves howling or a wind chime ringing, and walked around, I eventually discovered what my next step should be, though not always, and I did have to resort to a walkthrough for a few directions. The iOS interface is straightforward. You'll tap and swipe to not only turn pages, but also to interact with items, such as picking up lock pieces, pulling tabs, and turning wheels. Movement is simple, if sometimes very slow. You just double-tap somewhere on a page and watch as the protagonist slowly makes his way across the screen. I found these controls to be somewhat finicky on my iPad mini, as there were many times when my character just sat and contemplated rather than going where I directed. Getting into move involves some trial and error at times because there were also places I couldn't actually get to by walking at all, and no amount of double tapping was going to get me anywhere in those instances. In addition to walking, you'll also have portals to use. You double tap to walk to a portal, but rather than zapping you instantly somewhere else, you sometimes have to turn the page to find yourself in a different location on the other end of the portal, such as a levels in a house or within a shipwreck. Though the walking animation was slow at times, it didn't mind too much because of the beauty and interactivity of the landscape. When you see a white wolf howling at a glowing paper moon, tap on him as he walks away and he bares his teeth, a low growl escaping from his mouth. Swipe up, down, left, and right to shift entire sections of the grounds around you. This allows you to realign bridges, paths, and sections of staircases, which will eventually permit you to cross gorges swollen with rushing water or to escape from the same white wolf. The use of color in Tengami is just wonderful. As you travel, you'll move out of deep auburn hills into soft indigo woods with gold undertones. And through this is a paper pop-up story. There is motion in this world. Water splashes soothingly past green terrace levels. As your character approaches the splashing sound of water, the camera pulls out to show a much larger scene, filling the scene with thundering falls. The protagonist walks uh, with his profile facing you as you traverse the land, but when he turns to walk upstairs, you will see only a thin paper edge of this two-dimensional character. And wow, some of the transitions between pages are stunning, with pages folding in on themselves and opening up, transitioning between vibrant colors and revealing new scenes. It feels all the more wondrous, because if you stray too far left or right in a scene, you will find yourself coming to the edge of a page. and you'll see the table the book sits on, and the screened room the table is in, reminding you that you are, after all, simply exploring a book. But what a picture book it is as you'll travel through a variety of environments. From a red pagoda gate amidst a blue backdrop to violet underground caverns, from capsized chips to houses filled with statuary to rocky shores, a cutaway view of a journey underground shows blue soil and tree roots giving way to a tunnel lined with glowing lights. Of course, this is a game, and not just a pop-up book, so there are puzzles you will need to solve, many involve figuring out how to get from one part of a scene to another by swiping to alter your environment, whether that is crossing a chasm or finding secret entrances. Additionally, there are a few inventory puzzles that require you to pick up items, but you never carry more than one item, so the puzzle simply involves looking through an area to find what you need to, say, unlock a door. There are a few other types of puzzles thrown in, such as moving wheels around to align a picture or finding clues in the environment to decode a safe's lock. Though none of these puzzles are very challenging, they fit delightfully well into the setting and at times even require you to pay special attention as scenes unfold while you turn pages. As you travel further into the game, the environmental puzzles become more challenging as pulling tabs or swiping doors on one page might change what you see on another. Throughout your light adventure, your objective, as outlined in the opening scenes, is simple to read through the book. The story, however, is more difficult to discern and for me the game became more about exploring the different environments the developers dreamed up. You know when a chapter has ended when you are greeted by simple haikus about nature and dreams. At the end of each of these chapters you find your character back at the tree, watching it change as you experience more of the world. It took me nearly two hours to journey through this serene landscape. I'm not really sure if I was more enlightened when I finished than when I first opened Tengami, but just as you might feel after meditating in a zen garden, the journey was soothing and pleasant. If you're in the mood for light puzzling against gorgeous scenery in an unusual pop-up format, this is one picture book you'll want to make sure to flip through at your leisure. Pop-up pages turn, revealing beauty and fun. Go on, check it out. And that's the end of the review. Merlina gave it three and a half out of five. Uh, It's a pretty good review. You know, it's hard to... Given some of the stuff that we've read in the past, you know, a professional review, maybe, quote-unquote, who knows? Uh, it's a lot different. I don't really have much to pick apart on this other than, you know, they went to the trouble of putting in screenshots. But they're so small. It really doesn't do the game justice. I miss playing the game, uh, reading the review and just seeing. And you know, now that I'm scrolling through it, the screenshots all appear to be of the same level. So that's not great either. Um, I, uh, I like the game. I think it's a very pretty game. I think it's an easily playable game. I think it's an easy game to get into. Unfortunately, though, because it is so short, it doesn't have much for replay value. Puzzle games often don't. So it's kind of a one-and-done thing. But it's a very good one while you have it. Stay tuned for the end of the news for a special pre-news news bulletin, I suppose. I ran across some news, and I wanted to get it shared before I lost it, so yeah. Our lead story this week is police briefs. Imagine, The select board of Croydon, New Hampshire, ruled unexpectedly on February 18th that it would abolish the town police department and rely instead on the New Hampshire State Police for Law Enforcement, reported the Valley News. Croydon Police Chief Richard Lee, the sole member of the police department for almost 20 years, told the news he was asked to turn in his equipment, including his uniform, badges, and the key to his police cruiser. So at the meeting's conclusion, Lee faced the board president and, quote, I gave them my uniform, shirt, I gave them my turtleneck, I gave them my ballistic vest. I sat down in the chair, took off my boots, took off my pants, put those in the chair, put my boots back on, and walked out the door. Lee walked about a mile in the 26-degree temperatures before his wife picked him up. The select board released a statement saying the decision was an action based upon value for the cost of the department. Resident Rick Sampson told reporters, What kind of a town lets their chief of police walk out in a snowstorm in his underwear? Well, I'll tell you, Rick. Croydon, New Hampshire. Great job. Uh, There is... um, Just the town next door to mine. uh, They don't have city police. They just have county. Because it was supposed to save money. Uh, So they kind of just... They didn't disband the city police, but they made everybody county cops. Um, And in the time that they've done that, it has actually cost them, I think think two or three times what they anticipated the budget would be and as I part-timed it for a city department not too long ago uh, I heard a lot about oh all of a sudden we need to take 15% out of your remaining budget for the month and give it to the cops because they need shoes or something I don't know what it was dumb stuff just quit messing with it town i live in we have city and we have county jurisdiction and we have state jurisdiction all in the area works great anyway stories of oops an unnamed 33 year old woman from hermione pennsylvania took an unconventional route home after a night out drinking on february 16th according to the city of oh boy de I'm calling it dekent's City of Decent's Police. Driving a Mazda CX-5, the woman left a tavern and ended up in a rail yard near the Port Perry Railroad Bridge. It's a narrow span that carries one set of tracks over the... Oh, boy. Monongahela River. You guys are as bad as Russia. These guys... Uh, The vehicle did quite well, considering it's not a locomotive, noted police, and the driver traveled a significant distance along the bridge before getting stuck, WPIX. Reported she called 911 for help at about 2.40 a.m., and the Norfolk Southern stopped all rail traffic while the car was removed from the tracks. Police arrested the driver for driving under the influence you don't say. The passing parade. Three friends were wrapping up a night of dinner and drinking on February 15th in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, when things got, quote, a little out of control, according to a police report. As the night wore on, Casey Margaret Westrad, 24, became increasingly amorous toward a, res- a resistant female friend. The friend told police, eventually escalating to the point that a naked Westrad pursued the woman outside, punching her several times in the face. Myrtle Beach on Online.com, that's a great name. Reported Westrad was charged with third degree assault and battery damage to property and resisting arrest. Well, I would very much hope so. Here's a smell test for you. Police Inspire Germany. German word, easier to pronounce than river in Pennsylvania. Uh, They gave chase after they were passed by a car driving at high speed with its lights off on February 14th. The suspect, a 26-year-old man, pulled over and ran from the car, leaving a trail of scent that was so distinct. Officers said they were able to follow it from the car to the man who was hiding behind a hedge. Due to the cloud of perfume that was detected inside the car and on the man, police said it was possible to identify him as the driver, the Associated Press reported. His breath didn't smell so good, though. He was far over the alcohol limit. Which is what in Germany, I wonder? Here's our story of Wait What? The woman who attempted to board an airplane with her emotional support, Peacock, made headlines. But in Port St. Lucie, Florida, one man is questioning why his particular support item has been banned from a dialysis center where he takes treatments three times a week. I know about this one. I saw it in the news. Regular news. Uh, Nelson Gibson first brought an 8 by 10 inch photo of President Donald J. Trump to <laughs> Trump, to comfort him as he endured the three and a half hours treatments. Then exchanged that for a small cardboard cutout of himself standing next to Trump, uh, next to a Trump photo. Wait, this part I didn't see. A cardboard cutout of himself standing next to a Trump photo. When he next arrived with a life-size cutout of the president, no one complained, Gibson told WPBF, but on February 11th, they told me it was too much, and it wasn't a rally. It just feels like bringing something from home to make you comfortable, Gibson said, noting that others bring items, including one of who pops bubble wrap during the entire treatment. That's very nerve-wracking, he said. It's unclear whether Gibson will return to the center for treatments. That'll show him. If I don't get to bring my life-size Trump cutout, I'm not having your dialysis anymore. I'm a sovereign citizen, blah, 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 blah. Wave your arms. <sighs> Lord, I. why would you have a cutout of yourself with a picture? Like, what if it's a cutout of you that is holding the picture? Why wouldn't you just hold the picture? I need diagrams. Extreme measures. Tensions are running high in China, where the coronavirus has affected thousands of people and sparked instances of panic buying. AFP reports that supermarkets have experienced runs on staples, such as rice and pasta. But in Hong Kong, a gang of men wielding knives attacked a delivery driver in Mong Kok on February 17th, making off with hundreds of rolls of toilet paper worth about $130. Police said the missing rolls were recovered and two suspects were arrested. Locals seem baffled with one woman telling a tv station i'd steal face masks face masks but not toilet roll 130 dollars worth of toilet paper is like two packs could be selling at black market maybe they were gonna make masks out of it i don't know here's the government at work for you though ontario's new license plates hit the roads on february 1st sporting a pleasing color of blue with white numbers and letters you know they should put those on the cars instead of hitting the roads with them during the day that's a sentence (laughs) i was expecting different punctuation so let's start that over Ontario's new license plates hit the roads on February 1st sporting a pleasing color of blue with white numbers and letters. During the day. At night, all that's visible is a shiny blue rectangle, according to complaints on Twitter. The numbers and letters disappear, which makes them a problem for law enforcement. Did anyone consult with police before designing and manufacturing the new Ontario license plates? Wrote Kingston Police Sergeant Steve Koopman. They're virtually unreadable at night. The CBC reported a government spokesperson saying authorities are currently looking into this. Belisa Thompson, Ontario's Minister of Government and Consumer Services, saw a political angle. Sticking with the status quo liberal plate that was peeling and flaking was not an option, she said. We absolutely have confidence in our plates. I don't understand half of that sentence. It sounds to me like we couldn't keep the old ones, so we're getting the new ones anyway, and y'all deal with it. But you'd think that would be something you'd check, right? How well does this do when you shine a flashlight on it? Anyway, here's some must-see TV for you. Police in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, arrested Robert Lee Noy, 52, on February 17th, and charged him with first-degree harassment and false imprisonment after his victim told them Noy kidnapped her and forced her to watch the 1977 historical miniseries Roots so she could better understand her racism, the Gazette reported. He allegedly told her if she did not sit for the entire nine-hour series about slavery, he would, quote, kill her and spread her body parts across Interstate 380 on the way to Chicago. There you go. Oh, boy. Annals of Entitlement, ladies and gentlemen. Saloni... Keterpal, 36, threw a tantrum worthy of the terrible twos on February 13th when she, quote, repeatedly called 911 to report that her parents had shut off her cell phone, according to court documents. Keterpal demanded that officers respond to her home in Jackson Township, Ohio, and was warned that she could only call 911 for a legitimate emergency. Several hours later, News 5 Cleveland reported she called back, became belligerent, and told the dispatcher she thought it was a legitimate issue. She was arrested and charged with disrupting public services 36 parents shut off her phone called 911 you shouldn't have a phone here's stories of awesome well a story of awesome hell michigan is inviting 29 couples to take the leap and tie the knot in their fair city on february 29th, 2020 that's leap day all at no cost, M Live reported. Outside the tiny chapel there at 2.29 p.m., Reverend Vaughn will join the couples in a mass ceremony. Imagine having only to remember your wedding anniversary every four years, said the reverend. There are some couples that are paying office and chapel fees to be married in the chapel at different time slots, so it's going to be one hell of a day. Thanks, reverend. Oh, boy. And now our special bonus news for the week. I ain't even going to try to pretend that I'm recording this early. Um, This just one news story just popped up in Twitter, and I had to share it with you. You guys ready? This is from the Waukesha Police. The blotter reads as follows. A woman was performing a spiritual ritual on a dead possum in the road at Springdale and Blue Mond by throwing goldfish and windshield washer fluid on it. She then pulled out a Packers lawn chair and yelled repent at the dead animal. So... There you go. I, I figured you'd be okay if I recorded that story just a day early for you. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to conclude this week's edition of the show. No, wait, this is Electric Leftovers. The show is Harry Shearer's show. Uh, Thanks for listening. I do hope you enjoy the show. Welcome, finally, once again, for the last time, to the sixth year of the show. Uh, Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the old episodes on YouTube when they come out a week later. If you would like to uh, hit up the Let's Plays and all the music that we talked about on the show, lowbiasgaming.net is where you're going to want to go for that and if you want to uh, get the playlist etc etc it should be in the description of wherever, wherever you're listening to this now along with that you can support the show at patreon.com slash jason's groove machine cash app at dollar sign darzy taylor Bird, and venmo at jason parton uh, you know, tip jar stuff is nice it's appreciated never ever will be required though uh I was thinking about increasing the amount that you have to pay to listen to the show by 10%, but then I realized 10% of nothing just makes me look like a jerk. So we're only doing eight and a half. You're welcome. If you want to check out any of my old videos and any of the soundtracks and everything that aren't available at lowbiasgaming.net, there might be a couple things. You can find me at uh, Jason Screw Machine on YouTube and Twitch and all that stuff. Hit me up on Twitter, Jason, G-R-V-I-N, and you can uh, just see me make fun of Mike Bloomberg all day. It's been great. Electric Leftovers is a low bias gaming production. Low bias gaming. We play games.